I loved the messiness of building something, you know, and like being on the ground floor and like, and just being able to tangibly see like, I did this and then this thing came into existence, you know, like it was just really rewarding. to this week's episode of Be Boulder. This week, I am so excited because I am joined by a longtime friend. I hate to admit how long we've um, been out of college for now. It makes me feel old, but I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm joined by Peter Burkowski, who I went to undergrad with, and I just think is a simply fabulous human who's got a wonderful, wild, and very cool story, and who I, whether he knows, knows this or not, owe a lot of my career and life and friendships to. So uh, <laughs> like make him feel super uncomfortable here in a hot minute, but <laughs> uh, we're going to go ahead and, you know, Peter, I'm going to turn the mic over to you for a second. Tell us about you, where you're from, and, um, you know, what's important in your life right now. Cool. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast. It's a lot of fun. And uh, uh, so I, I uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's hard to believe that we met uh, 21 years ago, you know, at our freshman years of Canisius College. And um, that seems like it, it both seems like forever ago and, and you know, uh, not that long at the same time. But um, so, yeah, I grew up here in, in Western New York in Orchard Park, and I'm a Hamburg guy now. And uh, when I when I graduated um, from Canisius, um, I really wanted to combine two things that I was passionate about. One was I, I'd been a business student at Canisius and the other one was uh, music and playing in bands and stuff like that. I thought what a perfect combination that would be to you know, do a job, something like the music industry. And so first job out of college was uh, working at Righteous Babe Records, uh, Anita Franco, the songwriter from Buffalo's um, record label. And I was there for a year and a half. And, um, you know, I also did a little bit of work for Epic and Columbia Records leading the street team in Buffalo. And both of those roles, it was kind of like uh, one half step above being an intern in terms of like uh, responsibility level and stuff. Sure. But uh, it was something that I'm really glad I gave a try to because as it turned out, you know, what I found out of that is that um, for me, uh, those were two worlds I wanted to keep separate. Uh, mm -hmm. I learned out of that, that I wanted to do music for fun and do work for work. And, and because if you, if in, for, for me, like whenever I was promoting an artist across any, any of those labels I mentioned, uh, who I loved their music and also really liked them as a person, like um, it was a ton of fun. Uh, if you had to promote an artist that you were less enthusiastic about the music and maybe they weren't the friendliest people all the time, um, you know, then it was less fun, you know? And, um, and I also, uh, so, so I went from a kind of cool sounding industry though of music to uh, the like polar opposite in coolness industry uh, where I went from there to working at the talking phone book, which now is local edge, but like, so this is, oh. yeah. So like phone books. And at this point in the early 2000s, like this is 2006, I already was not using a phone book myself, you know, <laughs> like, and, uh, but what was interesting 
is that um, I was there for one year and I oversaw marketing for their Texas phone books uh, out of Buffalo. But like, but I learned so much about the basics of being a marketer of um, how to do write copy, how to do like, uh, like analysis of audiences and, and like SWOT analysis, all that kind of stuff and billboards, radio spots, TV commercials and stuff. So the one year I spent working on a really boring product gave me some basics of, of stuff that would be useful in other aspects of my career doing more fun stuff. So uh, my next job after that was, was much cooler. Um, I was I headed up marketing and communications for the Buffalo History Museum for a few years. And, um, and I'm a history buff. And so it was just a neat thing to be able to be around all these artifacts and stories of Buffalo's history and drive users there. And then um, then I had an opportunity to go from there to visit Buffalo Niagara, uh, the Convention Business Bureau for Western New York, where um, I uh, was part of the marketing team there. And so I, I uh, was responsible for taking travel writers around town, like, uh, and getting those right stories about, you know, tourism stories about Buffalo. Um, I was the editor of the uh, visitor guide for Buffalo for a couple of years, uh, which was fun and was involved in their social media at that point. And then, um, and then in the midst of all this, the most important thing that happened to me, well, way back when I was working at Righteous Babe Records was that I met my, my now wife, uh, Kara. Uh, and funny part about this, you know, um, we met at a bar on, on Elmwood Avenue that's now defunct uh, and got swallowed up by another venue. Uh, it was called Faraday's and um, oh yeah yeah and so it's now part of the the part of Elmwood that is Thin Man Brewery right you know oh, and like okay and um, and we uh, we met through some mutual friends that I that I knew from Canisius that knew uh, one of Kara's friends and um, got to talking and as I said you know what kind of music are you into and one of the songwriters that was her favorite was Ani DeFranco. No. And, and I'm like, well, you know, I mean, I work for her, you know I mean? Like, and so, <laughs> and then we started dating. So this is, this is way back then, but you know, we, we dated and then got married while, while I was working at the history museum, um, then went to uh, visit Buffalo Niagara. And while I was there, um, our son George was born. And, uh, and then when George was, um, a year and a half old, um, this would have been the fall of uh, 2013. Um, I, um, I had to go down to a conference in um, uh, Huntsville, Alabama, and oh. like for, it was a social media for tourism conference that I was okay. going down to on behalf of, of uh, Visit Buffalo Niagara. And so I, I go down to it, and as you might imagine, like, there's the, there aren't exactly direct flights from Buffalo to Huntsville, Alabama, right? No. So like you have to take a couple transfers. You have to, so I had to get up super early in the morning to for for a flight that left at like six something maybe or seven. I don't know what it was. And then take a couple transfers. So by the time I get to Huntsville, it's like one o'clock Central Time for a three o'clock conference that started. And um, when I get off when the plane lands, there's a voicemail from Kara saying, you know something doesn't seem right. We knew that we were expecting our second child. She's a, several weeks into, into, into pregnancy and said, something doesn't seem right. I need to go to the OB. And so, so she was going and I'm trying to reach her because I'm just concerned for her health, right. and her baby's health you know? And so, um, 
but I can't get a hold of her because she's in the doctor's office. So, so I take a cab from there to the, um, this, the location where this conference is going to take place. And it was this really, uh, really interesting setup that they have there. It was like combination conference hotel plus business park plus shopping plaza, like all together, you know? Like a church. I feel like that's very- Yeah, you throw in, throw in a couple of things like that, right? Sports <laughs> fields, you know, I mean, whatever. You just did hodgepodge, right? You know, and so, but anyways, so I get there and so now it's like two o'clock and the conference is going to start at, at three. And Kara gets out of the doctor's office and calls me back. And I'm like, Connor, are you okay? Are you okay? And she said, yeah. I'm, I'm okay, but um, you're going to want to sit down for this one, you know? And so- so like a million ideas of what right. was going to be. So I, so I sit down on a bench facing <laughs> this, this store in this plaza called the chocolate crocodiles, like a, a candy store. Um, I'm like, what is it? She's like, I don't know how to tell you this. Like, Just tell me, you know? <laughs> and, and um, she's like, uh, we're having triplets <laughs> and like, and like, and time stops, you know I right. mean? Like, and like, and, and I, and, and I had gone to this conference previously and I'm seeing some people walk by from previous conferences and like, hey, Pete, hey, you know, it's like, so, so poor Kara, like, she gets this news alone, right, you know, in the doctor's office, and then, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess I've got to, like, start a conference in a half hour now, so, like, I guess I'll talk to you tonight, you know, and, like, oh uh, so she has to go back to our house and, like, tell my mother-in-law who was watching George in a pinch, you know, like, A, you know, we're expecting because you didn't know that. B, it's triplets. You know, C, Peter's not going to be home for the next few days because he's at this conference. Can you help? You know, and like, because uh, like, should the, uh, and, and, and I then have to like go start a conference. And so I'm just in the day. So like, I go to like this, like, um, uh, like Moe's type restaurant, you know, like oh, uh, yeah. well, Mexican. Mo's. <laughs> It was like, it, it wasn't most, but it was like something like, that. I don't remember the name, but, sure. but like, so I go and I order food, but I'm in such a daze that I'm just like standing there at the counter afterwards, like not moving, not knowing this. And the, and the manager sees like, something's wrong with this guy. And like, he like puts his arm around me and like, say, come over here. So this is where you pick up your food. So like, I'm just like eating this food. And then, so then I have to be, this comes for a few days. We get back and then I'm, I'm like, all right. So I guess one of Kara had been working part-time at the time. And so it's like, I guess one of us is going to have to like, make some sort of career adjustment to make because one of us will have to be home with all of a sudden a doubled size family and so yeah uh so uh there's fun stories about how i came to this next thing too but to keep things short i'll just say that like i ended up as a result of all this you know being part of the four people uh, changing jobs to launch 43 north the startup competition because i needed to make more money quickly and like and that was an opportunity that sounded like it could be cool sure and also meet the needs of my family and uh so then so then i at the beginning of 2014 i um joined the co-found the, the launching team of this uh you know just recently named at that time 43 north startup competition and then i was there for six years leading strategy and, wow. and marketing and uh working with the you know to lead the team related to deal flow of getting applicants to the program and then having the, the fun job of you know getting to work with some of the portfolio companies on marketing and strategy and, you know, everything related to, you know, um, when you go to 43rd finals, like all the videos and script and assets for that. Like, the sexiness stuff that, of it. Yeah, the show. It was, 
yeah, so it was it was a really fun job. And um, so being involved with that for six years, you know, it's you get you're surrounded by, you know, really incredible entrepreneurs and and ambitious people. And, you know, what I what I love the most about, oh, by the way, in the first year that that of launching 43 North, you know, my triplet daughters, Ada Rose and Greta are born, you know, so like uh, that was a wild year, you know, to be there. And and when we launched it, I was on a 10 month contract. So like halfway through the 10 month contract, triplets are born. I don't know if there will be, if they'll renew 43 North years, but I'm like, I'm just taking a bet on this thing. I think, I think it's worthwhile, you know? And so it's, uh, and obviously it paid off well. And, uh, and one of the things it, it taught me a couple of things. One, I loved the messiness of building something, you know, and like being on the ground floor and like, and just being able to tangibly see like I did this and then this thing came into existence, you know, like it was just really rewarding. And even though that was a crazy year and like a blur from a family perspective and from professionally, it was also super cool, you know? And um, so then after going through 43 North, you know, doing that for six years, um, I just had that hunger to build something again, you know, and, and having been surrounded by some really incredible founders and, and other folks from across the community, um, it was something where, you know, it also de it demystified being a startup founder for me. And I said, like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, you know, try my hand at this too. And so I, in the process, had a chance, you know, I, I'd met years, a couple of years prior, you know, Mike Manier and Emily Manier, uh, who live in Hamburg, our kids went to the same nursery school of all things. And like, we had had lunch, you know, and, and talked about startup scene a couple of times previously. And, um, and so then I bumped into them at 43 North Finals in the fall of 2019. And they, they, they said, what you, how's it going? And I said, you know, great. I'm, I'm actually thinking I want to build something again, you know, and move mm. on. They're like, we need to talk with you because we're working on something, you know. And so we started talking about Helix Intel. And I said, this is a great idea. I want to join this team. And so um, I wrapped up at 43 North at the end of 2019. And joined the co-founding team of Helix Intel in uh, January of 2020. And I've been running ever since, you know, and it's been awesome. This is the most fun I've ever had in a job, you know, building something with a really incredible team of folks. So uh, yeah, that's a really long answer. You no, know, with, I with loved like, it. Really you made my, my, my background. Yeah. I so. made my job easy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of curious, particularly early on in your career, as you went from, you know, music industry and realizing, hey, maybe you wanted to separate, separate out work and play. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, started to go into what ended up morphing into, you know, some CMO type activities. How did you think about those shifts in those transitions and moving from, you know, job A to job B to job C? And was there anything that you took away from that, that you're like, man, I'm so glad that I did it that way? Yeah. So, you know, one, one thing that I would say that's interesting is that like back when we started in college, you know, I, I chose management for my major uh, because I had no idea what I wanted to do after college. You know, I was like, this is generalist enough. And like, um, and, you know, at several stages of my career thus far, if you would have said like, what will you be doing in five years and 10 years? I would not have guessed correctly what I was going to be doing in those, mm. those things. And so there's been, you know, just a handful of opportunities that I've had to 
do the jobs I've had. And I've had just like, I've had a handful of really fun jobs, you know, yeah. um, that um, weren't even on my radar. So I think one thing I would say is that, um, you know, especially for maybe some of the listeners of your podcast that are earliest in their career, it's that like, um, I know that there were some times early on when I was just off of college where I really felt like I didn't have good direction. And, and I, you know, I I'd had a really great experience in college and done well grade wise and been really involved in stuff. And I'm like, listen, I, um, you know, I feel like I should be moving along a lot faster with my career or like have more clarity of what I'm doing and stuff like that. And felt just kind of like stuck at a couple different points. And it's, you know, it, it worked. It, I think a lot of people have those experiences and that I think like career wise, um, it's like, it's not for most, most people's paths are not like a straight line that just keeps going up. I think a lot of, if you really were to zoom in on those lines, even the folks that seem like they've had successful careers, you zoom in closer and you see this, yeah. you know, like a sine wave that goes on it. And um, there's this, a couple of things I'll say about this is a really broad stroke thing, but like the best mentors that I've had um, always keep coming back to the subject that like the people that are happiest and grow the most and have the most success are the ones that are always in a state of trying to learn things, you know, I mean, like, and learn something and put themselves in situations with learning something new. The, um, and I could talk a lot about that, but like, there's this, there's this band that I like uh, called Nada Surf. Um, and they have this one song um, and the chorus is kind of simple, but it's, um, it's like, it, it goes like live and learn and forget live and learn again and so one thing I would say is like so I, I combine two ideas here one is that like always to be trying to put yourself in situations where you're learning a new task or growing some way but also not beating yourself up when you've learned something and you still mess that thing up again because like I think that's the thing that like I think is is like a very human experience where like it's like I've learned that I should do it this way and I do it a few times that way and then maybe I kind of like get off track with a little bit and mess something up again. It's like, why do I keep making that mistake? Because that's human. And I think this goes into this as long as like, and so there's a little bit of forgiveness when you don't get things exactly right. And also still try to learn more and grow more. And so there's um, uh, one, one other thing tied into our college experience that, that kind of goes across this timeline here that we're sharing is that, um, so at graduation, um, uh, I had done the commencement speech and like, and I did it based on the movie, the karate kid, you know, yeah. and like, and about like balance and stuff like this, you know, cause it's like my favorite childhood movie. And I thought it was really clever at the time, but it probably was like, um, not nearly as clever as it was, I thought, but like, um, but what was neat is that, um, the guy who did a graduation speech, um, at the same ceremony was getting Faye Vincent, uh, who was a former commissioner of major league baseball. And, really interesting backstory and stuff. Um, but he had also spent a chunk of his career in the entertainment industry. And so back when I thought I wanted to work in the music industry, I think it'd be great to connect with Faye, you know, to see about if he, uh, you know, wouldn't mind giving me some advice or connections to get a music industry job when I graduate college. And yeah. so the, I got connected to him through the president's office after the event. I didn't have a chance to talk to him that day. And then Faye said, yeah, I'd be happy to talk with you. And 
he, uh, uh, I, so when he got the talk, I said, hey, I really liked your speech because his speech, his speech was about uh, failure and coming back from it, kind of in the same sort of living life oh, yeah. you know, that I was just saying about. And, and I said, it was really meaningful talk to me. And, and, and uh, he said, I'm glad to hear that, Peter. And he said, you know, it's funny. Um, I liked your speech too. And I said, thanks. He said, you had no way of knowing this, but I was at the head of Columbia Pictures when we made The Karate Kid. So I have very fond memories of that movie. <laughs> Which is a funny coincidence, right? You know, and then what's neat is that Faye and I have kept in touch over the years. And, you know, at one, there was one point too where like Faye really challenged me a, a few years into my career of saying, like, Pete, I think you, I, I, um, I would have thought maybe you would have been a little bit further along in your career right now had you taken more risks. It seems like you've taken some safer paths. And it was kind of, singing a little bit but also helps guide me to be a little bit more mindful of what risk is and it's just perception you know yeah. um but the um but another thing in all this is that you know we talked one of the times when i had a chance to speak with him you know about you know how to be a better leader and you know he said he brought that learning thing he's like surround yourself with folks that you can learn from you know, that are better than you in different ways, have more experience that you can learn from. And he said, and he also loves reading biographies of great people from across history, you know, and what and try to learn things from them. And at the time he had just finished reading this large biography of, of Ulysses S. Grant, you know, mm. and it's a thousand pages. I, I happen to be reading it right now and I'm like 650 pages into oh, it. Oh man. It's actually a great read, um, but but at the time I had not yet read it and he had finished it. And um, he, he, he said like a particular story stuck out for him. And that was that, you know, uh, when Grant had a, Grant actually had a really interesting history as, as, a, as a military leader where he, you know, had a lot of failures and, and yeah. he had a lot of failure in the business world. And then eventually had this, you know, huge growth and, and, you know, became the hero of, of, you know, civil war, but um, he uh, early on as a, as a officer had this case where one night he was, he had to, he had to attack his enemy the next morning and all, and he, but he had to cross the river to do it. And he kept, he was up all night fretting about it, worrying about it. What about this? What about that? In the morning, he finally gets the troops. They go across the river only to find the other guy, the other officer on the opposing side had retreated. And at that moment, he realized the psychology of this, that like that guy was just as afraid as he was, you know? And right. like, and so from that point forward, he had a tilt towards being on the offensive of stuff and also to really recognize that like, yeah, this is scary for me, but it's scary for everybody, you know? And I think, you know, stuff like that, like little things like that little stories stick with me, you know, and, and it resonate with me in the sense where like for anyone that's going any type of entrepreneurial path, you know, whether it's, you know, main street business or it's a high growth startup kind of thing. Um, yeah. Hopefully you've got some degree of skills and smarts that bring to the table and stuff, but a big part of it is betting big on yourself. Even though that sounds kind of cheesy. Like, I mean, like, the biggest differentiator that I would see from, from like when I was at 43 North, seeing folks come through, it's like, there were a lot of really brilliant people, but they also had that, that big on themselves mm -hmm. and, and take and that a perception of risk that said like, this is, I will take this chance. And I, and I'm not, it's not that they're unafraid. And I say this to my kids all the time, like, 
bravery is not the absence of fear. It's like, it's like be, having fear and then doing some, something anyways that you right. think is right, you know? And like, and so I think that's what I would, and I've, I've definitely felt that as a co-founding team member for Helix Intel that like, you know, you have, it, it, it's like I, I could more academically understand this before I became a co-founder of a startup myself that like there's ups and downs in being an entrepreneur. But like when you have in the course of a single day, like some real bummer piece of news and then some ridiculously good piece of news happened that same day. Mm -hmm. And like that happens like all the Every time. Every day. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like um, then you viscerally feel it, you know, and like and, and but what, what I what I'm thankful for is that like is some of that perspective of this with the zoom in of the the sign curve within I was just mentioning. I think that applies sure. to companies, too. It's that like I think. I'm, I'm really thankful to be around this team that I've got to be able to be with folks that, you know, can be even keeled, not get overly excited about the victories, not get overly bummed out about things that like don't go perfectly on any given right. day and, and stay the course. And I think that's, that's a, that's what you hope for in a, in a startup team. You know, I mean, folks that I used to always say this and I believe it more than ever that like, when you when you look at a, a startup founder co-founding team, it's like you want folks that ideally have some expertise and you know and connections and experience and have had some bumps and bruises stuff. But there's also that bit of someone who both knows when to stay the course when other people would you know get you know scared away by it, and also knows when to take in information and make little tweaks and adjustments along yep. the way. You know, um, and in some cases for startups, take a more robust pivot, you know, on something um, and recognize that's what's right. So um, it's been really, it's been really, uh, it's been a, a, a fun experience so far to be a part of this, you know, co-founding team. And it's also, of course, it's exciting to be a part of something that's growing, you know, I mean, yeah. like, and so for us, we've been, you know, real briefly for folks that are listening to the podcast that have are not, that are not familiar yet with Helix Intel, the startup that I'm referring to that I'm a part of. Basically what we've done is we've built a, uh, a free platform for small businesses to keep track of their equipment, you know, and make sure that it's running properly. And also to keep track of all the supply inventory that helps them run their, their place. And so, and then what we do is we also then connect them to, you know, authorized service providers to keep track of all their equipment and keep it running smoothly. Um, and so we work with authorized service providers on the other side of a marketplace, you know, here to, to deliver that. So, um, we've been really fortunate to, you know, have a lot of, a lot of support from folks here in Western New York, where we're based, um, and to be growing in different parts across the country. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So, uh, one of my favorite, I remember when you and I sat down in uh, 2016. So for those of you who don't know, Peter, I actually credit with connecting me with Launch New York, which I eventually became the chief investment officer of and um, had probably was one of my favorite roles that I've had in, in my career so far. So I'm super grateful for that. And more importantly, you know, connected me with some of the people that I consider some of my very best friends, you know, Danielle and Alex and, and lots of other folks. And so 
um, I'm extremely grateful for that. So I should say that to you because um, oh, that's incredibly important to me. <laughs> well, that's that's kind, but I mean, like, I didn't do too much there. I just said like you and Marnie need to meet each other. I think you're gonna kick it off and hit it off and well. We and did. Then you did. We you know? did. She was a little overwhelmed by me. I think like most people are when she met me, she was like, she showed up to her interview in a yellow neon yellow dress and sparkly shoes. She still gives me shit for it. <laughs> well, that's funny because so. Um, so I remember when we had our, when you had reached out, you know, after we, we hadn't seen each other in a few years, right? Yeah. You know? and, like, and he said like, yeah, I've been really involved with startups and stuff. And so we grabbed some lunch and, and it was like, it, 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 like what you were offering at the time, just like, I want to be involved in the startup scene is like what you always want for a community folks that just want to like apply what they've learned and help other people do stuff better right you know and, yeah. and grow a community and so like and i remember at the time you know saying like i think i i don't know if, you know in what capacity but i'm sure you'll find a way to like find something you know to talk about with with the launch new york team and i i remember some point after that and maybe a couple weeks afterwards i get a call from from martin she's like pete i i just can't thank you enough for you know a chance to to meet uh Lindsay. I, she's gonna be an incredible member of this team and I said I bet you she will be and then then you go ahead and you set like records for you know, uh for uh seed investing and upstate New York and all that kind of stuff it's like well it was go. awesome it was awesome and yes. uh, but I'm incredibly grateful that you you connected us it's um it was so much fun and I got an opportunity to learn so much because like you I'm, I'm a builder right like that's actually where I'm happiest. You put me in a situation and you give me some tools and I've got to sort of arrange them and put them together and turn it into a thing, you know? And that was a very interesting time to come into that environment and uh, start building and running. So it was, it was wild. But the reason I bring that up is because I remember sitting down at that lunch and it stuck with me even to this day where I was like, so tell me what's going on in your life. And you're like, well, um, I have triplets. And I was like, oh, and you're like, and a son and I was like oh you know and you're like oh and I am two years into my role at uh 43 north and you know I just jumped over to 43 north right before my triplets were born and I'm just thinking to myself like holy hell the level of terror that must have like been flowing through your veins when you're like I'm taking this job I'm not sure if it's going to work out we're going to give it a whirlsy poo oh and I have three tiny newborn humans coming into this world and yeah. other people to take care of. Like, how did you get past that? Because I, like, I mean, that's a lot for some people. Cause I hear from people all the time, like, well, I've got a mortgage, I've got kids, I've got this, I've got that. I mean, you walked up to the fire and then you were like, eh, and then you just walked right into it. So like, how did you emotionally get over it? I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Um, I think, there's a couple of things. There's a there's probably a few pieces to that. Like one, um, when I first found out we were gonna have triplets, you know, and my wife and I were thinking like one of us will have to, to stay home to make sure that we can cover all their needs and stuff. Um, I kind of assumed at the time again I was working at Visit Buffalo Niagara and I loved that job and they're just fantastic people there. Um, and I learned so much while I was there too and had a lot of fun and. Um, I kind of assumed that I was going to take a more soulless job to like, that would just like meet the needs of my family. And, and, and like, for me, like no job, no matter what, um, how cool or sexy it might sound is 
good for me if I don't meet my family's needs and my needs relative to my family to like, of course, keep the lights on, but, you know, but to be there both physically and, and present, you know, cause you can also be in the room with someone and be your mind churning of all the things you got to do and stuff like that, you know? And, um, and so I kind of conceded it was going to probably suck. And then it turned out that I, that I was able to step into one also another really cool job and, and, and be a part of launching 43 but it, but it was, it was very scary. You know I mean? Like, and I, I, this brings me not to another piece of this, like um, some point in, in not that long before it, um, Matt Davison uh, here in, in Buffalo, uh, who's uh, part of the Martin Group and Martin Davison Public Relations. Um, at the time, he had not that earlier before, um, back in, in, before I started at 43 North, um, launched his own media relations firm. And I remember before even knowing about the triplets coming and stuff like that, saying to him, like asking him a question like Matt, you know, he had, he had had some, you know, pretty meaty media relations jobs prior to that. And I said, aren't you a little scared going off, you know, to start your own media relations firm? And he said to me, I am, but like, but his wife had said something that resonated a lot with him and also ended up resonating a lot with me when he said it to me that like, listen, you know, if I, if I take, when I take a swing at this, what's the best case thing? I build something that's enduring and I've created something new and it's mine. The worst case scenario, if the thing fails in, in his case, it's like, I'm still one of the most employable media relations guys in Western New York. Like it's not that bad. It, so this, this, and this kind of like started at that point where he shook my perception of like, yeah, I mean, like what's the real basement here? You know I mean? Right. Like, and so like, and when you think about risk and fear it's a perception thing you know and so then when I you know when I was considering what I would do next and talking about whether I would be joining the 40th North team to get off the ground you know I, I asked a lot of people about what they thought about him and I Dottie Gallagher Cohen um, who had been the head of Visit Buffalo Niagara that I was there when I was from pretty much all the time I was there and then who had just moved on to lead the partnership. Um, I asked her about it and she said, Pete, you know, listen, I think like, you know, I think there's a lot of folks that want this to succeed here in Western New York. And um, I wouldn't work because, because I was saying like, I'm a little worried about this being a 10 month contract with triplets on the way. Like, what do I do? Yeah. She's like, you're, you know, I, I believe that, that if you guys pour yourself into this, that you're, that you'll be okay. You know? And so I still had fear about it and like, and, and, uh, but I, but I jumped into it at that point. And once I did, I was like, I'm going to pour everything I can into this to give it the best chance of succeeding. Cause it meant, it meant something to me from the building something perspective. It meant something for me for the community perspective. And mm -hmm. also it, in a huge way meant something like, I want this thing to exist so I can also keep working and have a job, you know, at the end of this for the, you know, pay for yeah. a doubled family kind of thing. So sure it was scary and like and i and i didn't do it you know without a lot of thought and stuff like that but i also i, I would also say this like if i didn't have triplets on the way and stuff like that i may have coasted longer and not taken a job mm -hmm. like that and so i think this is the other thing too and like so like going back to that point of like on the career side of stuff like i would not have predicted a bunch of things i never was on my radar that i could end up being fathered to 
four kids that came three at a bunch, you know? Um, And, um, and so it forced me to make a decision and to act more quickly and like, and I'm glad that I, I think, you know, um, and, and, and it worked out well. And I think, um, and so the other thing I would say about that is that when it came time after going through in at 43 North for six years, and I wanted to be a part of building something again, I, I like, I could honestly say to myself, like, yeah, you've been through this before. And like, even yeah. if, even if things don't work out, like you'll be fine, you know? And right. like, and this is the thing I like, I love whenever I have a chance to talk with uh, folks that are early in their career or even students, because like, I wish I had a little bit more, pers- I wish I had a different perspective on this when I was younger about risk, uh, about, you know, the basement's not as bad as you think it is if you fail, you know, in many cases, you know, I mean, um, and not to say that, you know, you should be entirely reckless with your decisions, but like, right. but the, um, but also, especially, you know, at the, at perhaps early in the career, it's like, you might have more elasticity to, to bounce back and stuff like that, you know, and, and all that said, you know, I joined the co-founding team of, of Helix as, what was I at that point? So I'm 30, I'll be 30. Let's not talk about how old we are. In my late thirties. All right. Um, uh, and so it's like, it wasn't like I was like fresh out of college, you know, right. uh, kind of stereotype of a startup founder. And like, I think that's another, so it's, it's I'm going to kind of speak on both sides of an idea here. One I encourage people to take risk early as early as you can and, you know, not be a, to, to, to not, not ignore your fears, but to, you know, address them and get, and say, what's, what's best for my growth and opportunities. And also I would, I would say like, and to, you know, you, you don't, you don't have to feel like you're too old to try to swing at this stuff too, you know, and yeah. the folks that are on this, this um, co-founding team with me, the, a big chunk of our team are folks that are in their late thirties, early forties, you know, one of our co-founders is a bit older than that. And like, um, and I think, you know, and many people that have had really successful careers that they built up over the course of, you know, a couple of decades and stuff like that, but have that hunger to build something, you know? And so like, which is cool. So, yeah. So I guess what I would say is like, I was not without fear when I, when I, you know, made that jump. Um, But like, but, and this is the other thing, like once you get into it though, and you start doing it, it's like, you might still have some fear, but it also becomes normalized. And that also is true for like being a parent of triplets. It's like, you know, it's like, it was nuts, but then it, you know, it becomes your world and you just get used to it. And like, it's like, and then you realize I could tackle more than maybe I realized I could, you know? I love it. I love it. So, and now you're tackling a new build with Helix and that's awesome and exciting. Were you, were you afraid at all to make that jump as you transitioned there was, I mean, I feel like, you know, family was maybe a little more established. Children didn't require you like bottle feeding them at that point, you know, mm-hmm. like, sort of like fend for themselves a little bit more. Um, were you equally as scared or were you just excited? You know. Um... It's like a little bit of fear, but like mostly excited at that point, because like now, like I said, like that normalization had happened, yeah. you know, of like, yeah, I can build stuff. And like, and, and I think also I, I felt, I felt like I, 
you know, in in the job I was just about to leave when I was moving it, that like I had poured my heart into it and mm-hmm. like and left nothing out there that I couldn't have done that like that I like I really tried my best and and delivered good results, you know. And yeah. so like so I, I like I felt I felt kind of internally the way that Matt Davison had said to me, you know, half a dozen years before, like, yeah, I'm going to take a swing at this because I, I want to, I think I, I you know, I want to, I want to build something. And what's the worst case scenario? Like, um, uh, I'll find another thing that I can do a good job at too, you know? Fair. And, um, and I think, so like when I was, um, I, I, I had the good fortune to talk with a, a few different folks about joining teams to build something before I ended up joining the Helix team ultimately. And for me, like one of the things that I, that I'm glad I did was I, I took a moment before I got into it and say like, what's, what are some of the criteria that would, that I think would be a good fit for me for what I do next, you know? And there was a few kind of buckets that came to, it's like, you know, one kind of obvious one is like meet my family's needs, you know, again, the idea of not just of like, keep the lights on, but like, be there for my family and be mm-hmm. a, like a real, you know, um, active dad and husband and, you know, and stuff, stuff like that. So like, that's one part, that part, I wanted to build something again, no thing I wanted to, to be strategic. And, and fourth, I wanted to work with a great team, you know, and I mentioned in the, this conversation, just what a great group of folks I get to work with at it. And like, you know, there, there were a few different opportunities that, met a lot of that stuff when I was considering it. And, um, and Helix was just the one that stuck out as like, this is sounds, seems like a great fit. And, you know, um, one thing related to all that is like, you know, so John DeWald, who's a Hamburg native, um, who, um, is our CEO and he lives in, in North Carolina now, but, um, you know, really got to know him in the process of, of talking about, the idea of joining Helix before I did. And one of the things that I've always thought and really, again, I viscerally experienced it in person in, in the process of joining a team is that like a CEO for a, a startup needs to be a great salesperson, you know, on a few different levels. Like one, they need to be able to convince investors that this is something that they should bet on. Two, they need to convince early customers to, to work with you. And third, you need to you need to convince, you know, team members to join. Thank you. Know? you. <laughs> yeah. And um, and I've told this to a few people, but like you know, I was you know, John had a, a great history as as a business developer and stuff before this, and as a, uh, leading his previous business. But um, the way that we interacted and the, the transparency and process of joining the team, I said like this is also a person that checks that last box, like you know. Um, he met me where I was at for what I was looking to, to find from an X role. I say like, if he has that ability to recognize what people's needs are and, you know, find ways to meet those needs. Um, that's a special thing because we'll be able to attract great talent. And, and, and my gut is proven right about that. I mean, like we've been able to bring on really incredible talent on team. And so, you know, I mentioned some of the, the our co-founders already here, and and the co-founding team of of Ben and 
Brian and and you know folks like Brian Straka, who um, as uh, he he was he was at Forty Three North for six years himself, uh, yeah. and then he joined our team uh, <laughs> here at Helix. You were just poaching people. <laughs> no, you know it's like. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I mean, like Brian is such a, a, a important member of our team and I loved working with them in their previous jobs. So it's fun to really special to be able to work with them again. And, um, you know, we've been able to add other folks, uh, Dave and Kevin to our team there and Antoine, uh, different parts of the country and, and as far away as France. And so like, yeah, I mean, like to build work around folks like this is really a special thing, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I, um, I, 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 I'm glad I made that call right, you know? Yeah, I mean, and hey, I'm pretty partial to the Helix team too. So uh, I think uh, you guys are stars, all of you. So I'm very excited oh, to see where this, uh, this all leads you and possibly even industries moving forward. So it's, uh, it's very cool to watch. And, you know, I'm glad to see part of it happening out of, our hometown, Buffalo, I'm always excited to see. I mean, you do get a piece of community development here too, just like you had at 43 North. And I'm always glad to see stuff like that unfolding and happening. So uh, oftentimes I ask people, what's the one piece of advice you would leave people with as they're thinking about um, their next great thing? And so I'll give you that to tell someone and hopefully people can take it and run with it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's uh, a theme that I've kept coming back to on this is, you know, find like, and I, this is the question that I, whenever I have a chance to work with someone, they're joint, like they're considering working on a team that I'm a part of, you know, um, I always ask them, what do you want to learn next? You know, I mean, like mm -hmm. in, in a role. And um, I always find that people's answers really interesting in that, you know, but it also, it tilts towards that point of growth. So I think like, and if, and if you're, whether it's, you know, you're building your own company, joining an existing team of any size, small or large, I think it's a really great thing when you can articulate that, whether it's, and, and the thing like, this could be in a work context, it can be in some other type of capacity of your life. But I feel like whenever some, we can articulate that, you know, then it gives us, it keeps us thinking about ways to grow. Mm -hmm. It keeps us in the, in the uh, from becoming static. And um, in my, my own experience and from my observations of a lot of other folks, folks that are always in the mode of learning stuff appear to me to be some of the happiest people. Sure. Yeah. And who doesn't want to be happy? No We're doubt. all striving for these days. So, yeah. well, Peter, this was so wonderful to uh, get to chat with you. And uh, like I said, I'm very grateful for you for everything you've done for me in my life. And I'm so happy to hear that things are going stellar, you know, in yours. So uh, more to come there, I'm, I'm sure of it. But, uh, you know, as always, everyone out there, uh, check out uh, Peter, his team, Helix Intel. Uh, if you're interested, also look at what 43 North has been able to do for uh, bringing some notoriety and visibility to Buffalo. And as always, don't just be bold, be bolder. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again for having me. It has been a lot of fun.
Thanks again for listening today. Don't forget to join us on Patreon to support Boulder Inc., a nonprofit providing mental health, physical health, spiritual health, and financial health resources to entrepreneurs, founders, and teams to help them function at their best to produce their very best. And of course, through Patreon, you get extra access to bonus episodes, merch, who doesn't love that, and more. If you're not already, subscribe and leave us a rating to keep growing the Be Boulder audience. You can find me on Instagram at BeBoulderCast and at Legally underscore Lens. And of course, check us out at TheBoulderLife.com. <laughs>